TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. That's right. Welcome into Loon Talk. This is uh, what we'll call the Loon Call version of Loon Talk. We'll have Loon Talk during the week, which is me interviewing someone about Minnesota United and MLS. Loon Talk is where Dan Terhar and I, the radio crew for Minnesota United Radio Broadcasts, we will do an immediate breakdown of every single Minnesota United game. And so, Dan, season opening win 3-1 for Minnesota United out in Portland. It's a heck of a way to start for for the boys in black and blue. So you mean we got to do this when they lose, too? Yeah. It's so much more fun when they win. <laughs> it absolutely is. It's so much easier when they win. I remember so. Adrian Heath saying last year during one of the Adrian Heath shows that he, after, in that middle of that, that long run they went on of wins and, and draws where they didn't lose, he's like, so this is what Pep Guardiola feels like every morning, winning <laughs> yeah. all the time. Life is so much easier. But yeah. this was the first ever win in Portland for yep. Minnesota in the regular season and or postseason. So this was a big win. And, you know, the, the thing about this one was um, they scoreless at halftime. Yep. And that felt good. You know, you're on the road. You, you, they really got us to a slow start. What was they really it? Did. It was at least the 25th or 30th minute before they really started putting anything together offensively. It took them, yeah, like you said, it took them about 25 minutes to finally get into the game. Portland had the majority of the possession mm-hmm. through those first 20 minutes, and it looked like we were going to see another game where Minnesota just gets walked over in Portland, but that didn't happen. They felt their way into the game. They finally got into it in about the 25th minute. I want to go back, though. Let's start off in that fifth minute. It's going to be one of the big talkers. Mm-hmm. Tyler Miller's, there was a bit of a sloppy play there where he kind of took down a Portland attacker. The call went to VAR. VAR confirmed that there was no penalty kick. What was your thoughts immediately when that happened and then since? Video-aided replay did not aid Portland whatsoever in that case. All no. right, so let me say this. that from the, we only, I only got to see one angle of it. Yep. And from the angle I saw, it looked as though Tyler completely, did, completely stopped playing the ball mm-hmm. and took the guy down. Now, we'll get into this later, but... I'll tell you right now, that looked like more of a foul worthy of a penalty kick than the foul called on Ike Opara in the yeah. second half. That Absolutely. did result in a penalty kick and the only Portland goal of the match. So let's talk about that Ike Opara then. Let's go right to it that then. one then. Because this is our show. We can do whatever we want. We can. We've got about 15, <laughs> 20 minutes where we're going to do whatever the heck we want. Ike Opara, it's only, I think I saw the stat, only his fifth penalty that he's conceded in 10 years in the last 10 years yeah for 10 years he's played his whole career in the box you know he's yeah. just that's what he does it was there was contact mm-hmm. but i don't think me, there was enough there was not enough contact you know when you give someone a penalty kick i don't know what the percentages are maybe you know but you're basically giving that other team you, the referee knows when he calls a penalty kick he's almost definitely giving the team a goal right and there wasn't enough for that mm-hmm. um we you see contact like that as I said I think Miller's contact was more egregious than that you see contact like that anytime there's a corner kick anytime there's a ball crossed into the area um, so and the good thing is that's the only goal Minnesota gave up they got the win and it didn't harm anything yeah. but boy if that ended up being a tie match and that was the difference that would have been horrible so the other guy his defensive partner Michael Parra's defensive partner Michael Boxel mm-hmm. had an outstanding game. Next to the 2019 Defender of the Year, Ike Opara. 
Michael Boxel had one of the best games I've seen him play in a Loon's uniform. You might someday be talking about Michael Boxel as an MLS Defender of the Year. I like it. He's that good. Yeah. Um, and he's he always solid. This all he's season. always yes. He's always dependable. And you know, this was almost like they switched roles a little bit, mm-hmm. where where Ike was a little more aggressive. Yep. And you saw Ike even even when it was in extra time. I saw Ike come up across the half line once. Well, and and try and you know make a play, and you're going, man, what are you doing? Get back! We're yeah. trying to close this win out. You're so, the speed of the two. Stay back there. Yeah, yeah. I like Michael Boxel. I got a chance to talk with him before the game, and yeah. uh, Boxy, as they call him. My favorite part was he said his little girl. I think she's four. <laughs> calls him Boxy. Can't get away from it. That's good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. So another guy who's going to get a lot of praise after this game, Kevin Molino, scores two goals, scores one in the 51st minute, and then I want one in, I believe, the 78th minute. If I'm yeah, seventy eighth minute. He his first and his second put Minnesota United up United up one nil at the time and then three one. He's gonna get a lot of praise for this game for how he played. His passes were were creative, were perfect. He found those mm-hmm. little passes that no one else could see. And then he finds himself open or he kind of gets on the scramble on that first goal and then he gets on he gets on an Ethan Finley, whatever that chip was. It was a great <laughs> little chip over his head behind him. And Kevin Molino finds himself open and puts it past the Portland keeper. You know, a big part of, of scoring goals is being in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. And he was. And then being able to finish. Yeah. And Minnesota has really never had that guy that could finish. Now, the, after the first half, I was starting to think, oh, no, here we go. All the Kevin Molino haters are going to come out. Because I didn't <laughs> think he played all that great in the first half. I thought he he wasn't syncing up with, yeah. uh, with Amaria. And it, it just... he. Turn the ball. But to be over. fair, not a whole lot of Minnesota United players did play well in the no, first half. No, no, it was one of those no. things like we mentioned. But at it the was beginning it was show. almost like a Darwin Quintero moment that first half <laughs> for Kevin Molino. It's like, what do you? No, that don't yeah. don't don't do that. And then he comes out and scores two goals. Mm-hmm. And you know what it is? He's now, regardless of what you thought of the first half he played, going into San Jose next week. Kevin Molino is going to be confident. This is the only guy left on the roster. From the opening night three years ago. And there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. It's because Adrian Heath has so much confidence in Kevin Molino. That's the reason why Darwin Quintero's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Because Kevin Molino was the guy that Adrian wanted on his team in that spot. And you know, for him to score two goals in the in the first match, it's outstanding. I've said I said this on the first episode of Loon Talk on Thursday that it's usually that second year after the ACL injury that you mm-hmm. start to see the guy to return to the form. We saw two goals from Kevin Molino tonight. <laughs> I think he's returned to form Man, a little bit. Well, when you have one game in, so it's, it's a big, right. it's a big thing to say. But I think you can say it confidently. Say that there's there's thoughts that or there's it looks like he's returning to that form. When you have an injury of that. Severity. It's not only the physical process, but it's the mental process. Mm-hmm. To trust that knee, to trust that you can go full speed yep. and get by that. And you know, same with Ethan Finley. Yeah, he gets to Ethan assist Finley tonight. was all over the pitch. He yeah. was just flying, fun to watch. You know, and now you've got a guy up front. You know, that not only has speed in Luis Amarillo, Amaria, but he's got so much skill, so many uh, great touches on the ball. So, um, yeah, I, I just. If this is the way Kevin Molino is off to a start, yeah, this could be a, 
outstanding year from him. And last year, I know a lot of people started to kind of doubt him. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, Kevin Molino. It's like, you know what? Hey, you know, don't forget he's coming off a major injury. And, um, you know, his confidence should be sky high. What a great start. Yeah. Another guy we mentioned a little bit there, Ethan Finley, coming mm-hmm. off the same injury. And he has two assists on the night. He's all over the field. Had himself a really good game. There's a lot of guys on this team. I mean, you don't come out of a 3-1 win with a lot, without a lot of guys having yeah. good games. But Ethan Finley for sure had himself one of the best, one of the better games on the team. We talked in the post game with uh, with Cal and with Kendra about how he seems to be every year he's that guy that they say, oh, we're gonna uh, yeah. he's gonna be odd man out. Oh, we got new players. He's out. No, nah, he just keeps playing. And he said after the game, and this is what tells you how his his brain works, that when he looked up and saw where uh, where uh, Luis was, mm-hmm. he said. I know from in practice that Luis likes to then kind of drift a little way further towards that far post to create some space. That's amazing that and they already like, have that. And, and that's that's more chemistry than they should have. And yeah. he laid it there perfectly, and, and you know, the header was spot on, and Davis or Clark, Steve Clark, the goaltender, was actually in the right position for that. Mm-hmm. But there was so much velocity on that header by Amaria that he just blew it right by him. Yeah. Is there anybody so far that we haven't mentioned that you were impressed by tonight? Uh, in the second half, just about everybody. The first yeah. half, hardly anybody. Well, we didn't mention uh, um, our new goaltender, Tyler Miller. Yeah. Um, he didn't have to didn't do get, much. Didn't get tested, made a couple of yeah. big saves when he had to. But to be a goaltender and coming into a new team is not easy. No. You know, Vito told us, hey, it's going to take a few games to get comfortable last year. He did. But you come in with some great defenders in front of you. They'll get that communication nailed down here in the first you know, handful of, of games, and, and I think it'll be fine. Um, yeah, Finley was outstanding up front. Um, and I think we covered him also. Our, our captain did his job, as he always does. Yep. Um, he got that first half yellow card, and I was a little concerned that because it's Portland, because it's Ozzy Alonzo, mm-hmm. that we might have an issue where we're going to be down to 10 men, but that didn't end up happening. But we don't know if he'll get through the airport in Portland out without without getting, <laughs> without getting in trouble. Quick before the so, fans get out of Providence Park. So, you know, and I thought he just played, he just does what he does. He's just that calm leadership, that fiery uh, body in the middle that uh, the opponents know they've got to get through if they're going to control the middle third of the pitch, and, mm-hmm. and he's always there. So, yeah, Metonair was up and down the, the wing like you like to see him. So, you know, for the first match of the year, um, once they got into the second half, it was really fun. Yeah. Uh, credit to the defense as I'm looking at the shot chart here on MLSsoccer.com at the match center for the game. Uh, there's a lot of shots that are from a lot of of the Portland shots that are from outside the box. The defense they really held their own. They didn't let Portland get very many close chances. I think they had three on target all night. Tyler Miller was only forced to block one shot all night. So credit to that defense. It was they Portland had 14 total shots and only four, only three on target. That's <laughs> That's really well done yeah. by that defense. Yeah, keeping everything to the outside, not giving them quality chances. That's what that group does. And and as long as that back four is intact, yep. um, it's pretty impressive. And there's some depth there if there is a problem. You know, mm-hmm. there are some guys that can come in and can play very well. That's one thing the coaching staff and and Mark Watson in the transfer department very much focused on this year is getting that getting that depth that has MLS quality that's been in and played MLS, in the MLS before. Even uh, down the road here, just shortly in a handful of games, Brent Coleman is back, and, yep. and they missed him late last year. 
Uh, so he's he'll be back off suspension. So you know, you know, you just knock on wood. So much of what happens in the MLS is about injuries. Atlanta's yeah. finding that out right now. Yeah, that's a tough today injury. with Martinez going out. And if you can stay healthy, and we have some depth, so the older players like Ike Opara and Ozzy Alonso can take some time. You know, they could take a match off. They can, you know, be pulled early in the second half and get a breather when they need it because there is some depth there and there are people that are ready to play. Uh, this We've never, yesterday, last year, a year ago at this time, we were talking about a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. But there was nowhere near the depth last year as there is right now in this team. And, and as it's a long season, and I think that will pay off. So as we we wind down the first edition of the Loon Call, I want to point out something here to you. I'm going to turn my computer around. Is it it, something in my teeth? No, no, no. Oh, no, I thought it was something like that. No, you're good. I'm going to turn my computer around. Uh You're going to roll your eyes at me because I did this last season. And you're like, ah, you can't be looking at that already. No, you're not looking at the playoff line. I'm looking at the standings right now. (laughs) They're at the very top of the Western Conference. And I did make fun of you last year. And they stayed above that playoff line. They never drop below it. All season long. Amazing. Last year in the home opener, mm-hmm. uh, 3-2 win at Vancouver. Yep. Three goals. You remember who scored them? Oh, yeah. It's all three guys who aren't here Darwin, anymore. Darwin, Calvo, and Miguel Ibarra. Yeah. All three guys who aren't here. All three are gone. And then there's always... I I, I always have a bone to pick, okay? <laughs> Tonight, and if, if, you, if people, if you were watching on TV, tell me if you agree with me, the idea of what the goaltender wears... Is supposed to be so it's in a clear contrast with the team, right? Right. Right. Okay, so tonight in Portland, their goaltender, Steve Clark, is wearing black. Right. Okay, their team is dark green. Yeah. And you could not pick him out, like, on a corner kick when there was a, he's coming through Mm -hmm. a crowd of people. Why is that allowed? I mean, the whole idea is that it's supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a clear cut difference. Right. And that would be, you know, like, you know, let's wear uh, blue and light. You know, it's supposed to be obvious, and I don't. I'm, I'm surprised that 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 is okay with the MLS. I don't know because maybe it wasn't clear maybe enough. It's the, the neon blue light stripe on the side. I don't know. Um, I don't know. One I thing know. I want to I want to do at the end of every one of these loon calls. Okay. I want to do a way too early prediction oh. for the next game. I want your score <laughs> for the next game. The score. Yeah, give uh, me the score. I'm gonna go Minnesota with. I'm gonna go two to one. All right, two to one. Minnesota? I'm just going two to one. <laughs> You're not tell me. <laughs> I don't I like know. It. You know, I, I think San Jose has made some improvements, but I don't think it's a lot. And it's funny how we we went in one season last year. We went from a team that you'd, you'd hope they'd win anything on the road yeah. to a team now that you have some confidence on the road. I, and I do. I think I think a two to one decision would be uh, my likely guess out in in San Jose. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the score from last season in San Jose. In San Jose, I've yeah. got it here somewhere. If we have another hour, or so I'll look it up. So Maybe one second. Uh, three to nothing. Three to nothing. We Minnesota. won three to nothing. Uh, Darwin scored. Miguelie Barra scored, <laughs> and then there was an own goal. <laughs> oh yeah. San Jose was bad that night. Yeah, they really were. I mean, that was that was that might have been just you know handing us three points on the road. They were bad. All right. So you're saying two to one. You're not giving me. No, two to two to one Minnesota. Two to one Minnesota. I, I, I don't see any reason that San Jose is going to be that much better, um, and I think uh, these guys are confident right now, and they, you know, they got a win under their belt, and I think they'll roll in there and get a win. I'm going to go. Yeah. I think I'm going to go a repeat of last week or last year. Three nil. Three nil. Minnesota. Okay. 
It seems like Adrian Heath found out the way to break that Matias Almeida man marking across the field system. And yeah, I think you have. You know how you, you break that? Skilled players. Well, he also said, I think he said on the Adrian Heath show that you basically send one of the weaknesses of it is that you have forwards marking defensemen. Yes. So you have guys who, you have guys in your defense, mm-hmm. Ike Oparo, who's got yep. speed behind him, who are tall and fast, mm-hmm. and you use them in set pieces mainly. And so yeah. I think that may be a way to do it is that you have. You have you have skilled enough guys in Eichelpar who scored three goals last year to do it. And then we're going to have Tyler Miller. We're going to have the team wearing their road white kit. And then Tyler Miller, our goaltender, is going to wear off-white. Off-white. Yes. Or beige. So that it stands out from yes. the other team. It's going to be beige. I don't know why that bothered me. It just did. Because <laughs> these goalies are, well, the goalies are always wearing neon orange and yeah. bright yellow and fluorescent green. And then here comes Vito this team wore with light blue last year. Yeah, here comes this team with dark, dark green jerseys, and their <laughs> goaltenders wearing black. Give me a break. All right, so a new I'm feature so that I just came up with. You're gonna have to find a random nitpick of what? the game that you don't like <laughs> that bothers you as you're calling the game. What? You're gonna have to find the one thing that bothers no, you the most. Peter Griffin had a show. Was gri- wasn't it grinds my what gears? grinds my what gears? Gu- yes. What grinds yes. Dan's gears? <laughs> That's how we're going to finish every loon call. Dan, tell people where uh, they can find you on Twitter, Facebook, I, and all that. I can, I can find something. I can always find something. Uh, what is my Twitter? At Dan Terhar. Yes. Yep. I'm j- at John Harrison 90. That has been the loon call on the Loon Talk podcast. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week. Bye. Hi, this is Daniel Rue of the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluke. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if see it can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.